0: Since people are not seeing this backstage in the n- in normal uh, early release time that they have expected on Tuesday nights, um, I thought we might uh, just kind of review why. Uh, Bill, I only know what little bit you texted to us. Um, can you fill in some details of why we're recording on Wednesday morning <laughs> instead of Tuesday?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just um, just really woke up feeling uh, kind of nauseous, and low energy, and uh. a little temperature, and. Uh, now I have a uh, uh, also have a blood clot in my arm, which hurts like hell, so I'll be heading to the doctor right after this.
0: Ouch, well, well yeah, I'll get well better. soon, Thank please. You. I can't believe that SOB of a boss is making you work on a day like today. He Ouch. is
2: relentless. He we say the me, nastiest he, things behind his back. He
1: gave me sick time yesterday, but that means I got to work Christmas. That's right. <laughs> That's, <laughs> for half time,
0: you'll be paid half time on Christmas day.
1: <laughs> yeah so that's that's why we're doing this a day late.
0: all right well and as the old 70s song says nothing from nothing leaves nothing uh billy so, preston so we are is that who did that billy preston yeah really
2: yeah did in not... fact i think he performed that on the very first episode of saturday night live back when the the title credits just called it saturday night
0: wow live from new york it's saturday night that's right the show was just yeah. called saturday night yeah um the uh I, I think I had that on an album called Summer 75 which I you know it was one of those Ktel records that I ordered from a TV advertisement and uh, I'm not sure it was original artists.
2: Yeah well no the the band was named Original Artists and they performed all the songs <laughs> on the <That's> album. Right.
1: <laughs> 75 was uh, SNL's first season, I think. Yeah. Or S- mm-hmm. it was SN's first season. Yeah, SN, and, and that's right. And
2: pr- if I remember correctly, George Carlin was the first host. They had Jim Henson's yeah. Muppets. And uh, one of the musical guests was Billy Preston, and the other might have been Janice Ian. I know she was on the first season. I just can't remember if it was the
0: first episode. You know, I actually I read this book about the history of Saturday Night Live, and I don't remember a single thing you just said. <laughs> I love Muppets I, for grownups.
2: It was one of my favorite parts of the first season.
1: I tuned um, I tuned in late, and I think the first thing I saw, I don't know if it was the first episode, but I remember the first thing I ever saw of them was uh, Chevy Chase undressing to reveal bra and, you know, like, garter belt underneath <laughs> or something like that. And I said, what is this?
0: <laughs> Which today, you, you couldn't even make a joke about. No, of course not. <laughs> That's not, not. funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like I had an album years ago called "That's Not Funny, That's Sick," but I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. There was, it was National an album. Lampoon? Yeah, that sounds. I think that's a National Lampoon album. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like uh, a good shorthand for who I was back at that time. Um, <laughs> mostly not funny, but quite sick. Um, <laughs> speaking of sick, uh, Bill Whittle not only uh, does his boss require him to come in on a day such as this when he's feeling under the weather. Um, but also he's going to be hosting two episodes this week. And because we have so little time before I have to get to my other job in the retail store. um, And as you might imagine, in the run-up to Christmas, things are a little hectic there. Uh, We'll go ahead and have Bill tell us what he'd like to talk about. And I, because I know you, Bill, I actually have like three or four episode ideas because I'm convinced you're going to take two of them.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, We haven't talked about Jesse Smollett, I don't think.
0: Oh, good old Jussie! Yeah,
1: yeah, I it's wish old that news. So, it's girl. old news, so I don't want to talk about his case particularly. But I do want to talk about the fact that it's just the most high-profile of of the innumerable cases of people faking hate crime. And the thing I want to talk about is, if so many people have to fake hate crime, then what does that really say about this country? There's an old saw that makes a lot of sense that. Um, Absence of evidence does not mean evidence of absence, but I think when you when you take a look at Smollett and you talk, I forget, I'll get the name of the guy, the NASCAR driver who so somebody, somebody hung a noose in his garage, yeah. which turned out was just clothesline yeah. with a loop on it, so he could pull the door down. You're constantly seeing people spraying Nazi uh, swastikas on buildings. You catch them, you find out they're all left wingers too. Uh, you just you're reaching the point where it is now evidence of absence. I now, mean uh,
0: let me challenge that for a second, and here's why, Bill. Because those anecdotal stories that you're saying have gotten a lot of public- publicity recently, but is there really a way to stack that up against the the incidences of actual, uh, let's call it hate crimes, because that's what they call it in the popular press? I, is there a way to compare the anecdotal stories with the the reported incidences that aren't uh, faint phony?
1: Well where are the real reported instances i mean the the
0: it, well, my guess is they don't get as, as much coverage because
1: well that's they, 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 just statistics. Well, my point is well, if, well, if, if the, the machine is are, so designed to create ones? coverage that you have to invent stuff then i can assure you that actual hate crimes like the kinds that, that these people are alleging would be not only covered they'd be they'd be they, they yep, the, be the, trumpeted.
2: The press is so eager to cover these hate crimes, even when they're obvious hoaxes. Right at the outset, like Smollett. this is my point. So obvious. Out at two a.m. on uh, during a during a polar vortex, and two MAGA guys with uh, a noose and bleach are out there at the same time. No, it's, it's it's a hoax on the face of it. The press is willing to fall for this stuff because they can't get enough of the real stuff.
0: Well, I, I guess what I'm wondering is, like that one seems outrageous with all kinds of weird details including the guy who was famous for his role in Empire or whatever that TV show was and the bleach and the two guys that he hired. I mean, that it, it would seem to me that the more ordinary course of events for people who are reporting such things are not nearly as sensational as that.
1: Give me, give me an example of an ordinary case.
0: No, that's what exactly my point is that those are just statistics. They don't get reported because they are not three-legged chickens as my old journalism professor used to say. Only coups, earthquakes, and three-legged chickens are justifiable as news. We don't report the things that happen where somebody said, you know, hey, I met this guy, at the mall and he said this or some guy did this to my house or whatever those don't have any sensational elements therefore they don't rise to the level of justifying news coverage that's where you're wrong that's where you're wrong
2: the left needs every hate crime to be a three-legged chicken every single one of them that's their whole thing Steve,
0: if you look at the stats you'll see that there are way more reported hate crimes than are getting covered in the media i'm not saying we shouldn't do this story i'm just saying like so a hate
1: crime is saying something is saying something nasty to somebody that's a crime
0: now? No, I, I don't know what the definition of hate crime is, but what I'm saying is, can you compare, can you say that because of the anecdotal stories that do have weird elements that get them reported in the news, can we say, uh, oh, well, it's, it, it's evidence of absence, meaning that because there are only a few freak incidences, none of it's happening, is it possible that both are true? There are these freak phony mm. incidents, but there That's are also incidents of genuine people who are being subjected to racial or religious uh, bigotry in various commissions of crimes. Hmm. And I don't like the definition of hate crime, frankly. I, I th- yeah, me either. I, I think All it's a waste hateful. of space because either somebody committed a crime or they didn't, and I don't care what your motive is. If you hurt my person or property, you're a criminal. Yeah.
1: Well, let's take college rape. How many How many false accusation charges have we seen against, was it three, four times now, at least? where where uh, charges were filed against uh, white males on campus for rape, turned out was false, turns out not to be true. So you're telling me that if there was an actual authentic case of a, of a fraternity uh, person raping somebody, that would just get swept um, under the carpet and we wouldn't hear about it? I mean, how many police arrests are there in a given day? You're, you're telling me that if somebody if somebody took somebody down, if a white officer took a black officer down, we wouldn't hear about it? And and that person was injured or died. I mean, the I, whole George. I think the, the absence of thing.
0: those stats doesn't prove the case. I think I think without actually looking, and again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do the the show because I think that there's a legitimate uh, issue here. But I don't think that the fact that I don't have the statistics at hand means that there are no statistics.
1: Okay, that's the first one and um the second one is uh elon musk i think man of the year but mostly so we could get in senator karen
0: Uh, there goes one (laughs) thank you there goes one of my topics uh (laughs) senator karen that was great
2: yeah and elizabeth warren he couldn't—I I, I have the feeling he might have had that 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 tag gestating in his brain for a while, and he was looking for the right person to stick it on, and he could not have done any
0: better than Elizabeth Warren. Right, And the story I read about it, there were a couple of stories I read about it, but one of them pointed out, you know, you could tell that the media coverage of it was like, yeah, this is kind of funny, but Elon Musk is a billionaire, so therefore we hate him. Um, And uh, what if I'm pointing out, this is not the first time that he's taken aim at uh, the legislator. And then they brought up the fact that when Bernie Sanders had tweeted something about Elon Musk, he responded and said, gee, I didn't know you were still alive. (laughs) Or something like that. I've changed
1: my mind. I'm not going to do the Jesse Smollett story. I'm going to do a story about um, uh, barbed wire around shopping malls for Christmas because of all of the. Are people doing that?
0: I, I mean, I know why yeah. they would be doing. Uh, that. Is Grove it actually in Los
1: happening,
2: Los Angeles?
1: Not wow. just every. I mean, it's everywhere.
2: It, well, it's not. It's not barbed wire. It's the stuff that it looks kind of like razor wire, but instead cool. of cutting you, it it entangs. It entangles you. Wow. So it's but yeah, but it, is, it, it looks it a lot like the coiled just, razor it's wire. It's just.
1: It's just the break-ins everywhere. Oh, I mean, okay. the 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 these stores just being that that does happen, right?
0: Yeah, we've seen a lot of video of that. Um, and I'm assuming that there's an uptick in it simply because we've had the capability to see a lot of video of that for quite a long time now. And we're seeing a lot more of that video. Now, I also know that that Fox is pushing it pretty hard. I was watching all three networks simultaneously yesterday, all three news networks. And while the other networks were covering some congressional hearing, um, Fox was doing a lot of coverage of these smash and grab gang shoplifting sprees. Um,
1: so when you say they're pushing it, do you mean they're covering it?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're covering it a lot. Um, I'm not saying that they're trying to make something that doesn't exist appear like something that does exist. I'm just saying that they're, it's not just that it's happening a lot. It's also getting a lot of, of coverage. And they kept running the same loop of the, the, you know, they had like three different video clips or four different video clips and they kept running it over and over again. Um, I, I think it is is a serious problem because it takes advantage of something that most retailers are are ill prepared for. Uh, You know, retailers are set up so that they can handle the odd shoplifter. Um, And even the best of them with lots of cameras and and multiple security staff are not equipped to handle dozens of people. Um,
1: The LAPD union said that they cannot guarantee the safety of tourists in Los Angeles.
0: Which is huge. The union said that or the department
1: said that? The, the I think the head of the union, I'll look it up. OK.
0: Um, uh,
2: London Breed, mayor of San Francisco, was all over uh, defund the police last year. You know, oh, we got to defund the police. I got a story coming up on Instapundit today. She now says we need aggressive policing. That's her word, aggressive. She says it comes to uh-huh. an end, the, the crime comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policy and less tolerant of all the bullshit. That has destroyed our city. We are going to turn this around. It
1: sounds of, like Donald Trump.
0: Speaking of turning around, yeah, she just did a one eighty. And the uh, and Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, has just hired um, a police chief who's a, a a woman who they he put a great deal of emphasis in naming her that she's someone who would understand that her primary job is safety. And, you know, they mentioned in, in other accounts, like people were mentioning the fact that she's a female and she's black and all that kind of stuff. But really Adams, who himself is is African-American. Um, and a retired police officer, if I remember Yeah, correctly. and a retired police officer and one in a heavily Democratic primary and, you know, therefore was handed the general election. Um, he really has emphasized that, um, that she is, She didn't use the phrase law and order, but that she's serious about public safety. Nice. It's strange when law and order has become a conservative talking point. (laughs) Well, I'm not, I'm not,
2: you know, as a freedom loving individual, I I believe in law and disorder.
0: (laughs) There, There has to be a certain amount of disorder. So we got... For, for Bill's number one, we, I'm sorry, my, uh, my notepad, this is the advantage of having a digital notepad. It shut down in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> taking notes. So this, this is the smash and grab uh, epidemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it, I think it's interesting to look at what is, like what's the national issue there? Because uh, immediately, you know, anything that gets big in the news, uh, Congress critters love to s- to snatch up and make their banner. But it's like, what is the national issue when somebody in Skokie, Illinois or Los Angeles, for that matter, um, breaks into a retail store or comes into a retail store in force and takes a lot of stuff? Is there a, is there a federal role in that? or is this just a local policing thing should the president take to the bully pulpit and and uh, denounce this or or call on somebody to do something or should he just step back and you know quietly support local police forces in so far as federal funds or federal equipment is used in fighting crime
1: I personally think it might have something to do with what I saw during the George Floyd riots where police were surrounding a retail store and people started running out, running right past the police because the police ordered not to arrest anybody. It's just a hunch.
0: And at the very least, I can see somebody who's with a criminal mind looking at a situation like that and going, oh yeah, shock and awe. Like, you know, like an idea that may not have occurred to them before is that they're We kind will of-
1: not be prosecuted for this is, yeah. is, the, is the message. And the message has been pretty clear. You can smash buildings, you can smash doors, you can smash windows, you can burn things. You'll be you'll be invited to the White House. I think that's the cause of the problem.
2: Uh, I've done a lot of writing on this for uh, for PJ Media Um, in in San Francisco. It's called uh, O.R.C., organized retail crime. These aren't hungry, poor people who are no. you know, trying no, to not. steal to, to put food in their tummies. Uh, th- these are gangs organized, usually out of Oakland, uh, usually minority gangs uh, going into San Francisco in a very organized fashion to uh, smash and grab as much as they can in a short who a period that of time. woman?
1: Who was that woman? Was she, I don't know if she's a Black Lives Matter activist or something, but she was saying this is reparations. Remember that? Yeah. A couple days ago?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a sad mess. Okay, so where's my? There it is. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got Bill's episodes and Stephen Green. That makes you next. Okay, Don't take my uh, other topic. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, COVID is dead, and a Democrat killed it.
0: COVID is dead, and a Democrat killed it. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh
2: So my generally useless. At best, uh, Governor Jared Paulus here in Colorado, on Friday declared that the emergency is over, and uh, said that uh, public officials have uh, uh, no business bossing people around and telling them to wear masks. And I think you should get vaccinated, but if you don't, it's your own damn fault if you end up in the hospital. It's uh, very my God, very laissez-faire. Um. I I love this, and well, actually, it's there. There are two murder suspects in the death of COVID. The other one is Omicron, so I we'll so. talk about this too. Um, well, we're uh, we're pretty well into this uh, Omicron variant now. Uh, it took hold first in South Africa. There has not globally been recorded one death due to Omicron. Not one. Alex
1: Baldwin has killed more people than Omicron.
2: Yes. Now that's a lagging indicator, but South Africa yeah. hasn't reported one. And this is the best part. Uh, in South Africa, we expect this trend to, to go global. Omicron is so uh, so contagious that it's already crowded out Delta three to one. Seventy five percent of new cases are Omicron in South Africa, and since it doesn't kill you, but it does boost it's our your immunity. Omicron's
1: our friend. Absolutely, it's it's the best thing that could happen to us. This yes. is the definition of herd immunity. Yes, this is how it works. I found it fascinating
0: that it that the first recorded case in South Africa was around november twenty fourth today as we record this is December fifteenth and they've already recorded cases in seventy seven countries now yep. if this had oh, happened, it's contagious if this had happened one hundred and fifty years ago, it would still be in one country
2: <laughs> well yeah we uh, I, so Ralph the news Peters, back when he still made sense before he got all TDS uh, and Deep statey. Uh, He's the guy who wrote, I think, around 1990, that gays didn't bring AIDS to America. The jet airplane did. Some variant of AIDS was was, (laughs) was going to to escape. Uh, The one that mostly kills straight people hit Thailand because of the sex tourism industry. The one that mostly kills gay people hit the West because we were all in the middle of the sexual revolution that, you know, gays were finally liberated and all that. Uh, So it's just like any other virus. It'll... Find its vector. And as it yeah, mutates, it'll find new patient
1: vectors. patient zero was a, was a European gay flight attendant who yep. knew he had it and infected 10,000 people personally oh, or something.
2: Yeah, it, I know it was hundreds at
0: least.
1: Gaten something was his first name. I want to say Gaten Fonseca, but that might be somebody else.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think we should guess at the name just in case we get somebody I, else's name. Anyway, so Omicron is great
2: news. And it's such great news that even one important Democrat has recognized it. And even if Polis is just saying this to position himself for 2024, uh, that's still huge news because he's, he's turning against the
0: Karens of his own party. The place to go now, according to uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, not that they positioned it this way, is, uh, is Dubai. Um, Dubai has a vaccination rate approaching like 92 percent, but um, tourism is up. Restaurants are packed. Um, nice. and real estate, which had, uh, staggered for a couple of years is now up like 21% year over year, the real estate prices and more and more people, literally thousands of millionaires are moving to Dubai, um, as well, the as you, the hot, you new have place. to be a
2: millionaire to
0: live in Dubai. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> and that's the place I think where they, uh, where we did a story once where they had a, like a gold bullion vending machine at the airport or something. <laughs>
2: You buy a gold brick. Yeah, I just, I, I just usually stick with beef bouillon myself. That's that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I can't afford more than the chicken bouillon myself in my, in this household. Okay, so we got COVID is dead and a Democrat killed it. Uh, and thank you, uh, hat tip to Omicron. Um, I have two potential topics and one of them we've talked about before, but it's just so so uh, delicious that it's almost irresistible. And that is uh, a new study that was done in a major uh, peer reviewed journal that reports that rocket scientists and brain surgeons are not necessarily smarter than the public. Now, Bill has <laughs> talked about this before. Uh, they said that in some isolated ways for example brain surgeons tend to be better at like semantic or language oriented things rocket scientists or aerospace engineers uh, tend to be better at a certain narrow subset of mathematical thinking uh, like being able to do mental math but in general uh, they're it's not just that they don't compare any better than the rest of scientists uh, or or you know people in the medical profession they uh, they don't compare any better than a cross section of the of the public so the, so what the, the the article is apparently this issue of the journal was actually uh, flexing a little sense of humor which apparently is unusual in in journals like this um and pointing out that maybe now we can put to rest the idea that uh, this is not brain surgery or rocket science or as bill likes to say this is not rocket surgery rocket surgery um, yes <laughs> brain <laughs> so. science So there is that. Uh, That's one. The second possible story is uh, that, uh, back to Mayor Eric Adams of New York, he has actually appointed a new chancellor of the school system, um, and uh, I think that's what they call him anyway, the guy who's in charge of the public school system, and this guy apparently used to run a private schooling company. And so now he's in charge of this monstrosity called the New York City Public School System. Uh, After years of uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio cutting back and restricting the ability of charter schools to get started um, he he was very reluctant to approve for example co-location agreements between charter schools and, and underused public schools so he he drastically cut back from his predecessors uh, Bloomberg's um, allowance of these uh, of these co-locations and he uh, and it was basically the friend of the unions and and things like that. Well, now they've got a New York City school chancellor who ran one of these kind of success academy type of organizations. I'm gonna get the name of the place here that he used to run. Um, where is it here? Eagle Academy. So he was he was a former teacher and a principal who started a six school chain called Eagle Academy that serves low-income black and Hispanic boys in New in New York and Newark, New Jersey. And I thought that was fascinating. Not only is he a charter school guy, uh, and not only is he somewhat selective in saying, okay, we're going to serve low-income people, low-income Black and Hispanic people, but boys. Like, we've got a guy now in charge of the New York City school system who said it's okay to segregate out boys for special attention to enhance their achievement. Um, And... This is a you know, a big story in New York, of course, because the teachers' unions are are so powerful. And basically the teachers' unions have sat back and said, well, we're gonna we'll see what happens here. We'll see what he tries to do. Uh, but this is a Democrat mayor. You know, Scott, you know
2: what I was just thinking. Eric Adams is pretty much the opposite of an elderly white Italian Republican, but how different is he from Giuliani effectively,
0: really? Policy-wise, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not, he doesn't seem to be playing that like, hey, look at me, I'm the—I'm a black mayor of New York, you know? That's uh, one of the reasons I like him. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, when Dinkins was mayor, how long ago? So it's not like he's breaking new ground there. But um, this, I, I think, bodes well for cities where the majority, in New York City, the majority of students uh, by far are black and Hispanic students and the public schooling system there has largely failed them. And now we've got a guy who's all for charters, who's all for um, magnet schools, who's all for, uh, what are those programs called where they, where they uh, the special achievement Magnet programs? schools. Gifted, uh, gifted oh, programs gifted. and things like that. Yeah. Um, will this make a difference or will the democratic establishment attempt to crush him? Curiouser and curiouser. I like both of these stories. So if you're looking for a vote, I say yes. Okay. So we'll do the New York School since Bill throws the majority to that. Um, Or at least I don't care. So I'll do either one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sounds good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know that this is a a truncated edition of the backstage episode. Um, We'll say that it's just because, you know, Bill was feeling a little bit under the weather and we'll throw that burden upon him. But the reality is, we're too lazy to talk anymore. And we're going to <laughs> we're going to go right ahead to the actual work, um, instead of our backstage production work, of creating these episodes for you. Uh, we're grateful to the people who have joined in recent days, we're grateful to those faithful members in some cases who've been with us for a decade or more, we've been with Bill at least, before Steve and I got here. And uh, we couldn't do this without you. So if you uh, want to share this excitement with a friend, oh, by the way, Bill, I don't think I told you this because uh, you, know, you weren't feeling well and I thought I'll leave him alone. I, I happen to be noodling around on SoundCloud where we host the um, audio versions of our shows. So we call it a podcast there. And I stumbled upon some insights because I noticed that traffic was up for our podcasts um, beyond its usual peak level. And so I thought, oh, I wonder what's going on here. And one of the little breakout stats that they had is the top cities for the last 30 days where, um, where Bill Whittle Podcasts are being listened to, okay? And and we we post them to SoundCloud, but through SoundCloud they're distributed to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and all the other ones, okay? So I looked at this list and I'm expecting to see, you know, like Dallas and things like that, you know? I look at the list, number one with a bullet, Seattle. Number two, (laughs) number two, Portland. Okay. And so, and the number three, and I'll tell you what that is in a second, but the number three place has uh, a little bit more than half of the listens that the first two cities have. The first two are very close. In the last 30 days, there have been something like 9,300 listens to our podcast in each of those two cities. So thousands of listens in Portland and Seattle. Number three, which is almost humorous, is Wasilla? <laughs> do you remember Wasilla?
2: Why do I know that name? Oh, because wait. It's, uh,
0: what's your so right? name? Is from yes. there? Yes. Who? <laughs> Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. It's Sarah. Oh. It's Sarah Palin's hometown. So there are a little less than five thousand listens in that specific city in the last thirty days. It's from as Wasilla. many people as there are in Wasilla. I don't know what the population of Wasilla is, but either. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, what I found fascinating is, and, and I posted this to the member blog at Billwhittle.com um, is that in these, you know, steadfast redoubts of uh, the fortress of progressivism of Seattle and Portland, yet a remnant remains of people who are listening to these programs. And I, I turned that back around to our members and said, see what you are doing is not just preaching to the choir. Um, There are people, at the very least, members of the choir who are, you know, meeting in basements quietly in some of of these places who are able to tap into this. And and then perhaps not just members of the choir, but other people from outside of the organization or outside of the ideological uh, cabal, if you want to call us that. (laughs) who are actually tapping into this in the privacy of their own cars or in their own earbuds or in ways that they can do it without drawing attention to the fact that they're listening to this stuff and it's made possible by your contributions. So on behalf of the people of Seattle and Portland, thank you. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. We'll see you this week on Right Angle.